just uh how was your day i feel together today oh i like that yeah answer. i had a I had great dreams last night and my day is phenomenal okay great it's one of those days where you're like i'm sorry is everything <laughs> aligning glowing <laughs> Oh, hi, you're listening to Service from Hell, a podcast featuring people that are currently in customer service positions or the lucky few that got out and all of the good, bad, and infinitely irritating things that go along with that work. I'm actor and writer Kate Gaffney, and I'm uniquely qualified to discuss this as I used to work at a very busy and very popular comedy club in Los Angeles. And at least one of you listening right now has probably grabbed me and told me you were ready to order when I was running around like a crazy person. So let's eat. <laughs> I'd like to welcome our guest, spiritual coach and channeler, Natalie Gianelli. Originally from Prescott, Arizona. I said that right. I'm very impressive. Natalie now resides in sunny Southern California. Natalie is a formerly competitive palms performer, facts, and globetrotting hard rocker. What is most true about Natalie is that she has, quote, a deep compassion for people and their experiences on planet Earth for everything they feel, their fears, their overwhelm, their kindness, joy, and love, end quote. Isn't that nice? She actually said that. I better know Natalie from the Hard Rock Cafe and then from her being one of the most ardent early supporters of my ridiculous improv career. It was short, y'all. She came to far too many terrible shows. I mean, literally, like, cafes in the middle of East LA at 2 p.m. Like, she was... She was really ride or die when it came to supporting the arts. And she she would be that way for you too. Be her friend. She's great. That said, Natalie, tell us, how is talking to a dead guy for work? How often do you have to defend what you do for a living? Tell us, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> talking to a dead guy for work. It's amazing. It's an incredible thing. How often do I defend what I do it, these days? Because I've been doing it for 21 years or something like this. So these days defending it doesn't happen as much as me being like, so I channel a dead guy and he gives advice in your life. Is everybody still good? Are we still here? <laughs> like, is, are we all still, are we all still present? As opposed to being like, oh no, I do that. You know, cause you, when you do something for long enough and then you're like, take it or leave it folks. <laughs> this is the weird path that spirit has got me on and it just freaking is what it is. So how is it doing? It's it's phenomenal. It, I mean, it is phenomenal. It is weird work in the world when you could be like, oh, well, I work for Bank of America. And everyone's like, thanks so much. Did you try the canapes? <laughs> but, you know, so when, when I tell people it is a bit odd. What's amazing about it, first, what's amazing about it is that when I think about this is what I do in the world for a living, I think, I'm sorry, what? This is... The, really this is what I'm doing and also I sometimes think about when I'm really old and then people are asking me like I'm on a rocking chair obviously a front porch no swing. question I'm yes clearly I'm yes living in the south somewhere with a, <laughs> a sweet tea which I've <laughs> oh, suddenly so gotten a taste for and they're like so tell me what you did and then this is the freaking story I tell them I say oh well I was a I was a trance channeler for a dead guy and just <laughs> altered my consciousness and brought him in and he spoke in a different accent in a different cadence and gave advice on people's lives and taught them how to follow their hearts and not make decisions out of fear <laughs> what do the fucking kids do at that point <laughs> do they do they run it gets for the real hills quiet. No, it gets real do quiet. they yeah <laughs> do they scoot a little closer and be like that's the weirdest thing tell me more tell me more miss g tell me more <laughs> or it's just my 84 cats or something but <laughs> um but what is great about it is that i am i've been doing this 
long enough that now certain universal principles are just fact to me. So I don't, like when, when you hear people say, everything's working for your good, I do not question that at all. I know that to be true. And so it's, it's incredibly peaceful, mm. some of the universal truths that come through and learning how to, I mean, one of my, one of my joys, my eagerness these days is teaching people how to trust their hearts, listen to their hearts and make decisions from their yes instead of from their no, from the fearful mind. And I've been doing this for a long time. I've got, you know, by channeling Dr. Peebles, the teacher that I channel, he's got all these different techniques, tools, things to do to do that. And so for years and years and years, having been in that energy, hearing the truths, this is, this is how you trust yourself. This is how you listen to your heart. Everything is working for your good. There is only one energy. You can call it whatever you want. Things are neutral that, you know, you make I mean, all of these that are truths. I know them. They're, in, they're ingrained. And so I get to live in a way that feels very empowering, but it feels very connected. I feel like I live a life that I feel, I feel very connected to the all that is and that even when I have moments where I'm like, the fuck, <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, that I can shift pretty quickly and be like, the fuck is working out for my good right now? What is actually happening? And, and so I can, I can pivot pretty quickly. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you a really annoying question. Yeah. So, and then, and then we're gonna go back to the question I should have asked, which was, uh, tell me about your job, which I didn't start with, but we'll we'll get there probably in the next section. I'm doing a great job as a host. Um, You're doing a phenomenal job. Thank you, appreciate you. How do you then, based on what you've just said, how do you respond when someone says, "Well, children starve and die"? Yeah. <laughs> First of all, wouldn't it be? <laughs> This is a this comedy is not a funny thing to laugh at, but it would, but it would be great. It would be great if everyone in the world just if they were like, "So, what do you do for a living?" Um, I uh, I own a convenience store at the. So, what do you do because children are starving and dying every day? Like, if everyone got that answer, that question, it would like, be the best. I'm, that would be the best. What do you do? I'm a trash collector. I love my job. How do you feel though about children starving and dying every day? Um, um I'm okay with that. I don't know. Uh, help, that's help, a, help. Yes, <laughs> I did not expect that question. Eject. Yeah. I mean more from the no, idea I of yeah, you get it. First of all, can you imagine actually someone coming to your table being like, hi, I'm Melinda. I'll be your servant today. Melinda, real quick question. Also, thanks for working today. It's been great already having you. What do you feel about children starving and dying all over the world right now? She's like, oh, for God's sake. If I get asked this table, one more time, <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> You're like the seventh table. Perfect. It's catching on. Let's get people thinking. Um, and so, I put you on the spot because I this I have heard a version of this be dipped in and like, cause I've gotten to see some of the sessions. And mm -hmm. so I've heard a version of, you know, with you, like the fact that you're saying, you know, everything is happening for the highest good. And that, that is a belief, you know, having to defend mm -hmm. that position, I guess. Yeah. In the context of 
You know, yeah, kids, it's a great question. And it is a little dicey for the human mind because what happens is, is that we are conditioned from a very, very early age about what things are good and what things are bad. And this is a right thing and that's a wrong thing. So eating all of your dinner before, before having dessert, that's a good thing. Spilling your milk while you're trying to carry it to the table is a bad thing. Killing a person is a very bad thing. Killing 10 people is really bad. Killing 10,000 people, oh, that's really, really bad. And if you get someone a gift, that's really nice. And if you wrap it really nicely, oh, that's really nice. And if you get them another gift or send them a thank you, oh, you've done a really good job. So what happens is, is that we are, we're conditioned that there are variations of good and bad. So if we pause there and then we think, okay, to the natural world, there is no good and bad. So if you think about how, you know, like the natural world isn't like motherfucking lions. Like <laughs> they are such assholes. That needs to be a t-shirt. Motherfucking lions. lions. <laughs> like always going after the gazelle, like never not going after a gazelle, just chilling, sleeping, eating, basking, and then gazelle hunting. <laughs> Like, do they ever think about anything other than, you know, so like, yeah, there's nothing, there's no like, they're like, oh, the ants, but the fucking ant eater, damn it. There's nothing in nature where we think, I mean, we think about it as good and bad, but nature itself doesn't say this is good, this is bad. Mm -hmm. Even the parasitic plant that takes over the other plant is like, you're my now, bitch. Like, <laughs> what is I'm this? Not only to own you, I've moved into your house. I'm getting into your cells. I'm now going to become you. Parasitic plants are wild, right? They take it over. So we as humans can look at that and be like, it's a bitch of a plant. Like it just decided that plant to sucks. That plant sucks. Just was like, mm. but this is what nature does. Nature, nature figures it out and there's no right and wrong. There's no good and bad in nature. We can call it good and bad. We can call it right and wrong. But that is a conditioned response we were taught as children. Because what I believe, what I know, <laughs> so arrogant, what I believe, <laughs> what I know, what the, the truth of the all the, what I believe is that we teach our children these good and bad things because this is the game we play. So when you, when you have a kid, you're like, okay, <laughs> So glad to have you. You're really tiny. <laughs> Let me just make sure you know the rules of the game so no one punches you in the face or runs you over or thinks you're a bad person and you, you know, can't live an awesome life, which is what my job to do is. So, so we teach, we perpetuate these beliefs that this is good, this is bad, this is right, this is wrong, etc. So if we start there, which is a really long way to start there, but like, then, you know, when you're asking yourself, what about the children starving and dying? This, the, same, the same question, which is when, when I believe everyone creates their own reality. A lot of times when people think, well, again, it's the age old question we've been asking ourselves forever, what happens to children who are starving and dying? <laughs> How would they have created that? So here's where it gets really tricky for the mind, which is that, do you believe that, do you believe in victimhood or not? Mm. And do you want to believe in victimhood or not? Do you want to live a life where there are victims and perpetrators of that trauma? Do you want to live in that world? Because if you do, then you will see it everywhere you go. And if you don't, if you say, okay, everyone's choosing on a soul level somehow for their experience in life, 
then you'll see the mystery, you'll see the magic, you'll see the miracle in every freaking moment. And it is full body chills, amazing. So the children who are starving and dying, there's, mm, I don't want to say this, there is, it's such a cool question because I'll, I've still to this day, I've been doing this for so long, but still to this day, I'm like, they're going to fucking come to my house with pitchforks and like, <laughs> like just burning shit down because it's just not a popular thing. But sometimes what happens when something happens that is not pleasant, not happy to watch is that then things are shifted and changed around that incident or that person because of the experience. So for instance, I mean, everyone's got their own story of getting rear-ended or a relationship that goes, you know, south or whatever in a small way. And then you talk to them six days later, six weeks later, six years later, and they, and they say, that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Like, my whole life is shifted and changed. So the children that are starving and dying, it has the potential to increase compassion on the planet. So, you know, when we start to learn about different places where there are genocides or a lot of hunger and things like that, suddenly now first world problems begin to get much less. And we think, oh, shit, children are starving and dying what do I want to do about it? How can I, how can I help? How can I be of assistance? So you, it begins to raise awareness. And there's a consciousness, there's a full consciousness of all of us. So as we start to become aware of these things where suffering happens, then we, we can lift ourselves out of our own little menial problems and, and go into service. How can I be of greater service? How can I, how can I assist? So sometimes it'll raise the consciousness. So I believe that souls will come to the planet to have this amazing bodily experience sometimes all times but to varying degrees of what we would define as intensity to experience the the physical sensations and also to lift the consciousness of the planet because i, I don't believe that even in the places where children are starving dying even when it's more familiar when it happens a lot it's still heart-wrenching. And so I have to believe that even in those places, people are still like, how do we stop this from happening? Mm -hmm. How do we stop this suffering? And so I believe that some souls come to the planet with a sort of a higher charge, a higher order of business. I don't really, that's not the, really the right way I want to say it, but um, they'll choose what we consider a harder path to be like, you know what? I'm gonna come down and mix things up. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it really clear that like there gets to be more compassion, there gets to be more love, there gets to be more presence on the planet. And that it's our job as people who have the luxury of not starving. Come on. And of having time to sit and meditate, having time to think about, oh, would I rather go give this money to the starving children who are dying or do I want to buy more pinwheels to <laughs> put on my car? What? <laughs> First of all, pinwheel cars need to be a thing. A thing, Dun immediately. But you know, like, so we have the luxury. I mean, think about, you know, here in LA, obviously, fuck it, everywhere. 
so often people are like, oh, I'm, I, I really, I just can't, I can't seem to like sit down and meditate for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. It's, it's too hard. But we have the luxury to do that. We have the luxury, the privilege of sitting and binge watching magicians on Netflix, you know, or whatever. Because <laughs> we're not and, in survival mode, sure. Yeah, and we're not in survival mode. Mm -hmm. And so we get to be more aware of mm -hmm. what's happening on the planet, be more conscious. And I think that without some of what we would call the atrocities happening, then some of that awareness wouldn't, wouldn't happen. People might go completely unconscious. People are like, oh, everything's great. The thing is this though, and here is what no one wants to hear, but it's so true. We come for the experience. We come for it all. So we come for the sweetness and the sour, the ups and the downs. You come to get your face licked and stub your toe and you come for it all. So either lace up and get ready <laughs> or wait this lifetime out, you know, or whatever, because the planet earth is rad. It's a rad place, but there are ants and anteaters. Wow, that's like, such a good metaphor. Sure. And it's that idea of stepping out of ego to be of service, which is yeah. hard to do. We yeah. can talk about it. I can talk about it all day, <laughs> how much it bothers me that children are suffering and dying yep. as a small example of one of the things that I would like to see change. Mm -hmm. Am I actively doing anything about it ever on a daily basis? Absolutely not. I'm too busy in my own ego, edging God out and just saying, no, no, I'm, I, I can't. I'm so busy. Yep. And that's, yeah. that's the work. So would you say that the purpose of being on the planet is just, just create more compassion? So the one thing I wanted to say about the, what you just mentioned is that one of the ways that we can help because there's a collective consciousness, one of the ways that we can help and support is to ask. So when you see something, when you see the kids suffering and dying and starving and ask yourself, okay, where am I, because it's collective, where am I not getting enough? Where am I not feeding myself enough? Mm -hmm. Where am I not asking for enough support? Where am I, where am I feeling underfed? Where am I, where am I suffering? Where can I nurture my own inner child? Where can I take care of myself? So what, whatever it is that we're seeing in the external that triggers us, it is a hundred percent means that now it is in us. So it's something that gets to be healed, something that gets to be uh, looked at, you know, because uh, as we heal ourselves, as we, mm, I don't even like that. Like it's we, as we, as we understand the fucking magnificence that we are, then that that translates to the collective. So suddenly people stop creating experiences of suffering and torment and things like that when they know who they are, when they're out of victimhood. So uh, your other small question was, why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> was that it? This comedy podcast <laughs> is crushing it. Is everyone laughing what? now? Ha ha, ha ha. See, I have smart friends, y'all. It's, it's really, it's my friend's fault. And I just, you know, needed to get him on the podcast. I, what did I say? The purpose. The, the purpose. purpose. Why we're here is yeah. So is it just, question. yeah, is that what it is? Thank you for remembering the question I could not remember. No, it's a, it's a beautiful <laughs> question. I, again, it might be unpopular. I believe that the purpose that we're here is to just freaking experience. Experience the experiences. It. That's I do. it, full stop. I think we're here to play. And sometimes we consider play as being like merry-go-round pinwheel cars. And sometimes <laughs> we consider play as being the suffering. And that's a really unpopular. 
<laughs> this comedy podcast. Freaking, that's a really unpopular thing too, because like, you know, if, if you talk about shadow stuff, sometimes, I mean, the, the depth and the awesomeness of the ego is the ego is like, I like strawberries on ice cream and that's my favorite. I also really like to feel shameful and really horrible sometimes because that's what feels familiar. And mm. like, I get to work through that. That's the fucked up thing about the ego is that the ego is, the, the soul is here to experience it all. The ego is like, perfect. We got it all for you. Mm. No problem. You know, because who knows what it's like to not have a body, but I'm sure it's a lot <laughs> of like floating around in bliss and being like, are we all good? We're all still good. Amazing. It's Tuesday, but we're all still great. You know, like no one's got any problems. So I honest to God think we're here for the experience of it, to play, to mm. experience it all, to take it in and experience it at all the step up from that is that you get to have compassion. You get to show and receive love. You get to recognize that everyone's everyone's on their own path. And so how, how are they reflecting who you are and mm-hmm. you reflecting who they are? And that's a rad way to be in life is to, is to I mean, I forget who says it. I think it's, um, can we just make it up? We just quote everything to yeah. Ram Dass or yeah, like sure. just like, I'm pretty sure it's just <laughs> Ram right. Dass. No one's looking at it. Abraham Lincoln, whatever. Um, but or the, your neighbor Teresa. Yeah, that like, I, I'm pretty sure it was Ram Dass that says, look at everyone as if it's, as if they are God dressed in drag. And oh, I love that. Yeah. Like, and even, even Mother Teresa was, you know, uh, someone asked her like, how do you do this? Like, how do you continue to fo- food and uh, feed and clothe people when you're, exhausted and things like this and she says i'm feeding the christ like every every time i'm clothing the christ i'm feeding the christ i'm like it's always the christ i'm feeding in this person so like we get to do that you get to live your life however the hell you want to live it but you get to do that because that's generally more pleasing Mm -hmm. than just trying to avoid the next construction figure out why this happened to you like you get to choose were you the one that told me the quote? I love this quote and I'm going to mess it up. But, or that story of there was a Buddhist monk walking down the street with a journalist. Stop me if, well, I'm going to tell it because the podcast doesn't hurt it. Buddhist monk walking down the street with a journalist and the journalist was interviewing him. And then this poor person was like, you know, please money, whatever. I think this was in the States. Your face, your, this is the face of recognition. Okay. And the, and the monk doesn't give him any money. And the journalist is like, what are you doing? And the monk says, oh, I would never, uh, what is it? I would never interrupt the path that he's chosen or something like that. Or did I mess that up? Is that essentially what it was? You're essentially, you're right. This is a story that came from one of my dearest friends who we know, Sarah Sherman. Oh, bless her. So yeah. So Sarah Sherman was hosting some sort of like monk or guru or, you know, some teacher and they're walking down the street in Santa Monica and the unhoused person asks, um, uh, the monk like for money and he says you know he says no and Sarah says what are you what are you doing she says and the monk says well I would never I would never interrupt his life choices <laughs> and that's a full take a knee like that's a full genuflect like okay like that mic has been dropped <laughs> yeah because like you hear all the stories of the of the, like the guru the teachers like saying something and then the person that like, goes away for 16 years and then comes back and is like I got it oh my god like that that's one of the things Whoa. yeah that's one of the things that i'd be like all right so see in 16 because i don't quite understand that yet because like are we all part of the path i don't know but yeah yeah 
Well, I want to go back. So your work, so I'm, I dove in too quickly, but I'm just, you're, you're so open and it's so easy to talk to you. What is it that you, what do you do? So I'm a spiritual coach and a teacher. And th- what we talked about a little bit of what the slightly more <laughs> off the <laughs> interesting path that I do is I'm also a trance channel, which means that I teach people basically about how to choose from their hearts and not from their fearful mind, how to, how to follow the yes. And one of the ways that I teach is by doing trance channeling, which I learned to do many years ago. Trance channeling is where I voluntarily alter my consciousness and then I step out, not out really, I expand my own experience of myself and invite in um, the teacher that I channel, Dr. James Martin Peebles, who was a guy who lived from the 18, 18, in the 18, 1900s. And then he speaks through me. So when that happens, um, my eyes are closed most of the time. You're hearing his voice, his cadence through me, his vernacular. And I'm sort of witnessing from a branch somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> You're a bird a on in a bird. tree. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's one of the ways that I teach. And then I also do classes in conscious channeling. Because if the trans channeling is too weird, I can just relay the messages. <laughs> With my eyes we open, staring at you yes, aggressively. Exactly. Right, right. There's totally still a lot of eye contact. Yes. Are you uncomfortable yet? Yes. You're about to be. <laughs> Let's get real. All right. Does so, that answer the question? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wanted just sort of a general, because yeah. I, I just dove right in and was like, let's get... Let's- Let's get real surfacy with quoting. What was it, Ramdas and whatever? Yes, all the gurus. All the Let's gurus. Start. Right. So, <laughs> Mother Teresa, what's your take? <laughs> oh, I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours. Okay. So, is there anything that you wish? And this should probably be in a different section, but I don't care because I'm the boss, bitch. Do it. Uh, is there anything that you wish people knew about? your current work and we're gonna folks we're gonna get into it she works a ton of customer service also what she does now is customer service in my opinion but is there anything that you wish is information people had apart from the the universal sort of truths that you've already mentioned but something you wish people knew about your work either before coming to see you or just like about people that do the type of work that you do is there just like a misconception or something that you wished people knew you don't need me Guest is over. <laughs> you don't. Bye. <laughs> that was such a good. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> anyway, um, what? You don't need me. You don't need. Why? You don't need anyone who says, I've got the answer for you. And I don't say that. Mm. But so, what I would like for people to know is that you are whole already. You are already complete. And that if you go to see anyone who does spiritual coaching, mentorship, coaching at all, investment advice whatever <laughs> like the truth of the your matter accountant. is right your accountant the truth of the matter is you have all of that information within you already even if you don't know that you do everything that ever has been known is known or will be known you know it's collective so what we're not taught is how to access it or how to do that easily so what's helpful when someone might have a session with me or or go see a coach or an accountant (laughs) is that you're like okay like i don't know how to access this or i'd like help accessing it so we're all walking each other home so like can we can we support each other so 
but to come to the sessions any any time you go to see anyone that's like oh you need me first of all kick it out kick kick that person out because anyone saying you need me absolutely not but that people can assist you people can the work i do can assist and support who you are but who you are is an emanation of god and a story so come on a you know come along on the journey if you're like, hey, let's do it together. Like, let's let. I'd like some feedback. I'd like some back and forth. But to come to anything that you might do in that realm, come knowing you are whole and complete. You're not a half knitted sweater. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, yeah. Podcast is over, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want to help us, just kidding. All right, that was just the apps. Calm down, everybody. It was really long. Shut up. I don't want to hear it. Hope you enjoyed your apps, lovely listeners that I'm coming for. We're going to go on to the entrees after a quick break. Oh, hey there, folks. That's the end of part one of two with my dear friend, spiritual coach and channeler, Natalie Gianelli. You can find her on all things, but it's easier to go through her website, which is just nataliegianelli.com, N-A-T-A-L-I-E-G-I-A-N-E-L-L-I.com. There she can, you can book a session with her and find out more and, you know, discover more about the universe because I think we solved it in part one. That's why we've divided it into two parts because we had to solve everything in part one and then complain in part two. So don't worry. She gets into all of the standard questions and everything else that is fun next week and feel free to join us for that. If you have questions, you can reach out to us here directly at Service From Hell by sending us an email to servicefromhellpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Also, we're finding out more and more how much those ratings and subscriptions and all that crap matters. So if you are on Apple or have an Apple device or use Apple Podcasts, if you could just give us a rating and then one or two sentences about why I'm so awesome or why the podcast is great or whatever the hell else you could write about dogs, who cares? But if you could just write a couple sentences there, it would be really helpful for us, for people to find us. Thank you so much to our new listeners. We love you. We appreciate you. We see y'all. And join us again next week for the remainder of the interview with Natalie Gianelli. We will see you then. Thanks, folks. Good night.